Friday, December 8th in the year 2023. It's been a long day. I was down in Yuba City today. When we left actually early this morning, uh, 1.30, and then drove all the way down and uh, and came all the way back this evening and lots of things going on. I drove down with Paul Cantrell. So it was a busy day and honestly a tiring one. So I canceled uh, my shows earlier. Uh, just to get this one in, and then uh, we'll kind of roll. I'll I'll do it tomorrow morning, bended knee on Saturday, and then um, see what else we do coming up. But it's been 
We're starting to get back more and more to the standard show times. It's just been a pretty busy time these time of year anyway. Before we get going, just a couple quick announcements. One, obviously, is food issues, which is real. And the food crisis that we're dealing with is getting to be worse all the time. They don't really want you to pay attention to it. Unfortunately, I wish they would, but we're dealing with psychopaths. And we're dealing with corrupted media elite, which is constantly what they're doing. But anyway, that said, we need to be very conscious of the fact that the problems we're facing in our nation could be fixed, but that's not what's going to happen. Because our leaders are sold out. And what they are wanting is chaos. And they want destruction. And they want you to suffer but they don't want you to believe that you can fight back. And that's why you need to make sure you have a good emergency food plan because food is their weapon system. Now, we use My Patriot Supply. They're the country's largest preparedness company. And they will help you and ensure that you are well-stocked and prepared for any sort of looming food crisis. Now, they have their best-selling three-month emergency food kit out there, and it's, it's a fantastic system. It has three meals a day, breakfast, lunches, and dinners, and, and that's will keep on the shelf for up to 25 years in storage, which is pretty amazing. And right now you get you get $200 off. Yes, yes, $200 off um, for one of those kits. And that includes over 2,000 calories a day. All you have to do is just add water and then eat it. So it's good. It's a good baseline for your food emergency plan. So you want to make sure that every one of your family members has a three-month emergency food kit. I would. It's a good idea. And so you want to head over to our website, which is preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. You'll save the $200 savings when you head on over there. And if you order by 3 p.m., your order will ship the same day for free. It's pretty good. It is the best emergency food, and it's known, and it's there's nothing better out there, frankly. Um, and like they say, you better, it's better to need it and better to have it and not need it than to not have it and need it. It's pretty, pretty simple. So again, head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Real simple, real clear. So it's good. I've had quite a day, actually. Um, this is um, what I did this morning. Was, I, this is just kind of an interesting last nine weeks. That's all I can say. And I'm going places in my life that I really, quite frankly, never thought I would. And I keep talking about walking in the yes. And, and I'm really kind of documenting this here because it is literally that. If we are not understanding what walking in the yes is, it means obedience and it means doing things that you many times don't think you would ever do. Walking in the yes in the last years have been things like Bard's Fest, which was walking in the yes. It was having the faith to overcome the impossible challenges of financial things with Bars Fest, which we did. Walking in the Yes this year was even even the beginning of the Flemingsburg event when we lost the first location and just holding on to that and just finally saying to God, we need a place, and that happened. We did Bars Fest in Flemingsburg, and I've told this story when I left Flemingsburg. It's important to go back to it. Because I was told by our prayer team to leave under the cover of darkness. And I did. I, I took the time at the end of the Bards Fest in Flemingsburg to sit up on the stage as the sun set and just kind of reflect and pray with God. 
thinking that I was going on some like super secret mission or something. I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but you're really kind of thinking like, you know, what is the prayer team saying and what do I need to be aware of that God's seeing that I'm not if I have to leave under the cover of darkness. And literally all it was, what it ended up being was my GPS didn't work. And as he said, you need to drive by faith. And I did. That took me on an amazing journey, which took me up to Ohio to the Ark Encounter, which I had, I don't know, I recorded like 10 or 15 prophetic words there, probably more, closer to 20. I spent five days with Leanne Michelle of the Resistance Chicks, which was a fantastic period that ended up with some incredible deliverance and great sessions of prayer and healing and an amazing bridge in a relationship with two ladies that had turned out to be uh, as close or closer than sisters themselves. And that also led to an understanding and revelation of something that I had done back in when I, back 21 years ago, which was a vasectomy. And began the process of locating a clinic, which I found in Tucson. And that led to ultimately having, in the meantime, having gone to, I had gone to Isaiah 61, I went to, which was the deliverance conference in, in, at the Church of Glad Tidings. I went to men's camp as one of the feature speakers. And the week before that, um, I spent time here at the property. I picked up the new cattle which was all you know, part of this process, was invited to go to Montana where I went out there to do elk hunting and ended up doing deliverance and riding horses and having an incredible connection with the land. I mean, this has just been a wild ride, and it really has. And then the 28th, which ended up being officially Founders Day by our, by our own history, um, I had the reversal done. And then a few days ago, which is now about five days, God brought my attention to this tattoo that I had on my calf, which was done in 2005. And it was done when I was doing a lot of shamanistic work, and it was done with animal totems, specifically two, which was a raven and a wolf. And it was done in black ink, and it was done before I went with Afghanistan. It was done with the intention of kind of bringing in the gods of war into my life. There's just a lot of wrongness in this tattoo. um, Tattoos are pretty dark, and I I had resisted getting a tattoo for a lot of of my life. And then got to that point in 2005 where I decided to uh, get the tattoo done. And it was kind of a mixed bag. On one hand, I I liked the artist I chose did a nice job. They did a and I, I liked it, but I didn't, never felt it was quite edgy enough because it had this kind of cloud. had a raven and a wolf in a circle. They were kind of like chasing each other, tailed it, each grabbing its own tail, which has its own metaphor, which is the Ouroboros, if you're familiar with that, which is the snake with the head in its mouth, and uh, which is really bizarre because I'm always talking about the Ouroboros. I just thought about that right now. And... So we have that, and then um, the clouds around it, I thought, made it kind of soft, which was kind of interesting. So I never, I never thought it was quite edgy enough. Well, about five days ago, um, God put on my heart to have it removed. Again, this is one of these refining things. And I, I'm, I'm, when I say walking in the yes, to be very clear that we can, we have to make sure we're clear where God wants us in these things when we're praying, but there's a very strange, there's a very extreme clarity of where God is asking me to walk right now and these things. 
And it's a matter of being obedient to his word once we're clear that it is his word. And I am obedient. So five days ago, approximately, he said, get the tattoo removed. So I began a process of looking for the ta- for a tattoo removal clinic. I found one up in Tigard, Oregon. And then I remembered that the Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City had a tattoo removal service. And they have their own clinic that they open up once a month. And I called down there to discover that they typically don't allow tattoo. They don't usually remove tattoos that are not... Um, critical for job employment. They, they focus a lot on people that do facial tattoos, hand tattoos, neck tattoos, ankle tattoos, tattoos that have made a difference in, in people that have come to Christ and have, are now having trouble from the past that they were in getting work. So I totally understand their priorities. Surprisingly, and I was very blessed, they said naturally I could come down and they would remove it. They would start to work on the removal of the tattoo. And that's where that begins. So five days ago, again, you know, after having gone through the reversal and all that goes with that, and there's a lot to that still that's unfolding, I end up being pushed again to go to another level of refinement, which is now remove a tattoo. I think I think this opens up a lot of discussion. Like, you know, does everybody have to have a tattoo removed, etc.? I'm not going to speak to you. I'm going to speak to me. And I'm going to tell you that this has started to open up some stuff I didn't see coming. And to be very honest, and once that, once you start to remove the ink, the darkness that that holds begins to open up gateways into your heart that are significant. And there's a lot of things that we tend to harbor. And I, I'm beginning to see tattoos. I look quite a bit differently as I go through this process of having my own removed. Um, it is interesting to note that there's a cloud there was around this tattoo there was a there was artistically placed a cloud as if to obscure and the first thing that they took off today was the cloud so that it it becomes clear which is significant and that allows us to see more clearly what the tattoo is um it is also interesting this is very interesting so when paul Cantrell brought this up today after the flood, Moses sent out, I'm sorry, Noah sent out the raven to look for land. And the raven came back unsuccessful. And then he sent out a dove. Um, and that's a powerful thing to remember. And so the raven has always been the, the bird of war, which has been part of the reason I chose it originally. It was a bird related to Odin in the old Norse traditions, and it was Mugen and Ugin that were his birds of war. So I chose the raven as a representation of war. And then the wolf has an interesting metaphor that was even spoken of here uh, the other night in chat, which is um, the idea of the wolf in sheep's clothing. We're dealing with the lamb and the shepherd, not the wolf. So there's a real interesting undoing of some things here. And all of this is kind of a reset. It's all happened in the same period. The vasectomy and the tattoo are all within two, three years of each other, which is quite interesting. It's all Portland-based, too. It's another interesting point. There's a lot of undoing things here. And I, and I think part of it, what I'm getting at here, a lot of this is that we have to be unafraid and, and fearless in stepping into these places and not really wonder all, 
are asked all the time of the why are we doing it. But we definitely have to walk into the yes of why of yes, we are going to do it. The one thing that God has learned about me, and, and I think that you all kind of get the same understanding, is when I commit to something in a yes, I'm going to go full steam ahead. So five days ago, I have no idea where I'm going to go get the tattoo removed. And five days later, I'm driving to Yuba City having the tattoo removed. Okay, so that's kind of my life. And I do push hard and I burn hot when I go and I don't hesitate. And that's just my nature. I've always been that way. It's a matter of how we apply it. And it is a point of not really hesitating at all. Now, I will say a few things about tattoo removal that I have now learned. Uh, The tattoo originally took about two sessions to put in. It's a full calf tattoo on the right side. And my calves are, are strong, muscular, and large. So there's quite a bit of area that that tattoo covers. And so it took about, as I recall, it was about 12 hours uh, total time of laying on the table to have that tattoo put in. And it was only done in one color, which is what I wanted. I wanted no actual color. I just wanted the tattoo done in black. And then they shade it from there, which ends up being to my advantage, by the way, because removal doesn't work well with colors. It does work well with black ink. And the process of removal is interesting because essentially what is happening is they're using a laser which penetrates below the skin surface. And it, it ruptures a lot of the cellular material under the skin surface, which then forces the body to flood the area with white blood cells. And then as it rebuilds, it forces the ink up and out of the skin. So if you uh, try to scratch it on the top, for example, you're not doing any good. You're just making a scar. The, the time when I had the approximately 12 hours, 10 to 12 hours flat on the table to have that tattoo put on, there was only one particular moment that was pretty painful, and it's when they got right behind the knee. There's a bone and skin area, right? Just bone and skin. And that is, it is extremely painful when they put it in. I will tell you, they're removing a tattoo. For those of you that may have some strange inclination to get one, it's a factor of at least five, if not 10, of any pain that you're getting it on. That laser is like getting a needle stuck deep in your calf every time they hit you with it. And every time it pops, it's going underneath that skin and you're feeling it. And that, and today, the section that they took off was the lightest shading part. And it was not, um, it's not the dark area because there's some real dark areas that you're going to get to next month and the following months. So it'll take about four to six sessions, could take as many as 10. I think we'll probably finish by six sessions. And, that way, um, the one thing I felt good about is the fact that it's at a place that is at the Church of Glad Tidings where it can be done, and it can be done in a place that's holy and spiritual and intended to be what is what it is. So I mean, what is all this journey? This journey that God has me on is refinement and being refined in the refiner's fires and to really embrace that in its fullness. And I think that we start to realize that Maybe the things I'm talking about here are more extreme than others have been in. Some people have not made those decisions I have, and I understand that. And it's so there's some things I just want to highlight here, and I think it's important to appreciate kind of where we're at. We're in a period of time when we'll go to vasectomies first. They're being advertised to 18-year-old boys that they're a quick way to ensure that they have birth control 
and that they can be easily reversed? Okay, the answer is yes, they will cause birth control for the most part, not 100%. But it is not easy to reverse. What takes 30 minutes in an office takes four and a half hours of microsurgery for most people. Mine was an hour and a half. At least an hour and a half, up to four and a half hours of microsurgery to restore. And with that, there's a quite a bit of discomfort over the period of time that you have to endure. And it's not painful, but it's just there's a lot of things you have to do to ensure that that surgery is successful. So getting back to zero is a quite a process. And you have to tie into that somewhere a lot of faith. So as we disrupt God's world in a typical way and how things work, we are led to do things that are a bit crazy by virtue of God's intent. And what we end up with is finding out about how much work it is to recreate and restore what we took from God and give to us. And it doesn't come without pain. When we get to, and these are just physical issues, and we'll get to the spiritual in a moment. When we get to the tattoo issue, again, it's going to be pain taking it off. What took in two sessions over approximately 10 days roughly two weeks maybe, to get the tattoo on is going to take five to ten sessions over a span of six months, up to six months, to get it removed. Again, the damages that we do to our body are not quickly repaired, especially when we're dealing with these sorts of issues. Now, tattoos. There's a lot of debate about tattoos. There's a religious movement right now, a Christian movement, to get tattoos. And... I would say that today, if I was given the consideration of what I did at the time, which was 2005, I wouldn't get a tattoo here today at all, even if I was so inclined. There's a pretty particular reason. It has to do with all this needle and garbage that they're putting in our in the vaccines and the potential to get cross-contamination far beyond just HIV, which is always a real issue, but also the cross-contamination of potential other things in this current environment. And I've also shifted a position pretty radically towards anything being put in you, of any form, into your skin. It took a long time for me to accept getting a tattoo, and then when I did, I got a you know a fairly good size one. Um, it's not healthy to begin with. You're having a needle penetrate your skin hundreds of times, injecting ink. So let's be clear: if you do it the old traditional Japanese way, they take a wood mallet and they take and they dry, they manually drive that ink into your into your scalp. They don't use a machine. They use a mallet and they pound it in with a I don't know if it's metal or if it's bamboo. But anyway, they get it put into your skin. It's pretty ugly. But tattoos do something more, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. There is something very dark about the tattoo process. It's very seedy. And there's elements of putting things into your body that are opening up, in my opinion, the potential for dark portals into your soul. And ultimately, that's where this is motivated from, because if God says to remove it, I'm going to remove it, because there's a refining fire going along here, which is ultimately about strengthening the armor. And that's where we're headed. Now, the question really is, for those that have tattoos, should you get them removed? I would definitely say pray on it definitely would. And 
I would see where God leads you on it. I know where God led me. And I wasn't praying on it directly. But it's important. We are dealing with light versus dark. And this tattoo is no is not missed upon me that this tattoo is all darkness and dark. It deals with the art of war. It deals with the messengers of war. It deals with the wisdom of war. I love wolves, by the way. I still do. I think they're an amazing pack animal. They're brilliant. The way they set up their security when they move is incredibly fantastic to watch. They hunt in packs. They're, they're good hunters. They take care of the elderly when they move. They, they're aggressive fighters. I like wolves. And I like big timber wolves. I think they're... But liking an animal and then getting to... And dealing with them in the wild is two different things. And third, dealing with an animal as a spiritual totem, which is what this was, is the third element that has to be removed. We tend to do that a lot in our lives. We tend to put a lot of idolatries and idols in our lives. And we know it's wrong and sinful, but we're, we're often very remiss at removing them and hesitant to. So part of this is letting go. Because I can tell you that what I've been asked to lay down here in the last couple of months has been about every single thing in my life, and I'm sure there's more coming, but nearly every single thing in my life that I thought what I held sacred and dear, I'm being asked to lay down before the throne and give it over to God. That doesn't mean I won't get it back, but it doesn't mean I will either. And with that, as God takes it, I'm being more submitting, submitting to him and walking more in him and with him in all things I do. And that's truly walking in the yes. So a lot of these extern, external physical um, changes, whether it's the, the reversal of the vasectomy or whether it's the removal of a tattoo, they have spiritual implications. And I think we have to really come to grips with that. And there's significant spiritual ramifications if we really pray into it and, and do it as God leads. We are able to, typically when we look at the physical world, we are looking at a representation of what's going on in the spiritual. But in this case, we're actually able to walk it back. And we're able to take, and I, and I truly believe this, as we undo actions here, we're rippling effect back into spirit which is strengthening our position in, in God and in the body of Christ, and it's strengthening our position as, as in our faith as we wage war against an unprecedented evil. And I think that that's where we ultimately have to start looking in our lives to ask ourselves where these avenues are in, in big ways that allow evil to penetrate. What, where are the holes? Where are the gaps? And this is as we take an approach to that and understand what we're talking about, we begin to appreciate the level of intensity of this warfare and the vulnerability that so many of us have. Like it or not, and I won't say, I shouldn't say it that way, I mean, whether we so much as, the reality is where I sit is, is a relatively influential position that God has stewarded, put the stewardship of in my hand. I do not say that with any sort of self aggrandizement or, or sort of self-promoting. It's just the reality of running a channel that reaches 100 countries. It's the burden of like tonight when you get back and you really have no show for Bards FM. I didn't have one prepared and you have to make that hard decision to cancel the show. And those are hard decisions as they should be because the responsibility that goes on in this channel is, is significant. And what it does is it brings together an incredible fellowship that in itself is significant. And so... 
these walking in the yes lead us places. And the stories to me is, are becoming, they become a testimony that should be shared because it will affect the way we see the world in, in the ways that we do. Tattoos are, the art form itself is interesting and how they put that in the body and the fact that they're actually putting an ink into your skin that doesn't go away. That fascinates me because typically if you're moving, if you're going through a place where your body's normally shedding skin, you would think that most of those tattoos would wear off over time. They do lighten some, some, but still there's an enormous amount of ink that's embedded in our body. Now, just think about the process here, that you're going to put something into you, mark yourself as something, and you'll then become identified to a certain degree of what that something is. And that's an ink that's in your skin that does not ever really fade or go away. It might fade, but it won't go away. So the process to undo that is going to have a bit of fire. And the one thing about refining fires is they are painful. And refining fire is taken many forms. It can be the refining fire could be the loss of a loved one. The refining fire could be the acceptance of having to do things, redo things that you did when you were in in your earlier past, like I've been doing. Refining fires can be the sweet breaking of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you, and suddenly you you're breathing in the Holy Spirit and you're breathing out what you were before, and you're finding yourself just in shedding tears in these moments, which, quite frankly, I've shed plenty on this journey. And as we share these stories and as they become part of our story, we're truly transformed in him. But we have to be accustomed to laying it all down. And laying it all down means lay it down. Give it to God. Don't leave anything on the table. And that opens up questions of whether you will be obedient to the the consequences of that or will you simply just be obedient to say, All I'm going to do is lay it down, Lord, but I don't want anything else to do. That's the part where we get, I I wouldn't so much say as in trouble, but we definitely don't create an environment where God can move freely. Because laying it down is for us to literally clear out those pipes so that where the rocks were in the pipes, they're gone, and God can start moving through us in profound ways. And I mean profound. So I don't know where you are on any of this. I know where I am. And I know that the changes that I'm experiencing and the process that I'm going through is truly, truly profound. The eyes of the world that God has given me to see have changed. And you see things much more clearly. And you begin to have, for myself, there is a, as I said the other night, I've now said this, will be the third night I've said this. You really embrace that concept fully that you either are all in on the Bible or you're not. And Bible is either one that you believe 100% from front to back or you don't. And so it doesn't give us a right when we walk there. I, I feel strongly about this to be a doctrinal person and then turn around and say, well, there are no demons or we're not going to be able to do deliverance because that's of a past time. That's not what the Bible's saying is to us. And that's not walking in the yes. So all of these things that I've been doing is my reflection and representation, which I share here of walking in the Yes. And they're important points of yes. Because it's strengthening us in him. It's clear, it's purifying us in him. And ultimately that's bringing us someplace. Which is the unknown right now. But the greatest part of this walk is the darkness of faith. Now hear me on this because it's quite amazing. 
It's a place where you have so much faith, you can't literally see where you're going. You have no idea where this is taking you. But to schedule a surgery on certain parts of my body and to have tattoos removed are not small issues. And it's because I'm I'm stepping in, I'm, I'm listening to God and I'm being obedient to him and I'm saying, okay, I cannot see any farther. And God says, don't worry about it, I've got this. So I, I'm encouraging everybody to take that step. Because that step is really a profound step in awakening a deeper relationship in faith and a greater, greater place in God in your life. And that means facing these challenges. If you've had an abortion, it means bringing that forward to God, naming that child and honoring that child and then having God and having Jesus have the opportunity to work in your heart to heal that loss. But it's not about hiding it. Whatever your crimes are, whatever your burdens are, whatever you've done that's weighing heavy on your heart, this is a time to speak it and to speak it out into the world. Obviously, it's better with witness. But the idea is to lift, lift it off your heart and then let God in to heal. And ultimately, that's part of our deliverance in this hour. And that is part of the greater works and the greater works in faith that we need in order to achieve the greatness against this enemy. This enemy has no rules. It is unrestricted. It is unbounded. And it will do anything to maintain power, including mutilating your children, including turning your children into sexual rituals, including eating their, your children or drinking their blood. I wish I was making this stuff up. But we're not, and we know that. And we know that the enemy is well-suited and well-equipped because they've been training, and they train almost every day. They train every day, in fact, on their ritual magic that they use in this world. We aren't that good in, in our own faith with one God, and we need to be better. So again, it is time to lean in, powerfully lean in, to the need to read the Word and marinate in the Word. It's time for us to really be bold in this hour and to lead and not follow. And it's time for us to truly walk in that yes, which means you don't know where God's going to put you, but your blind darkness of faith will lead you to places that you never imagined and they will be greater than anything you could have imagined because it's God. That's how he works. So we left this morning at 1.30 a.m. And I won't kid you, it's, it was, it's been a long day. I'm tired. I haven't been sleeping that much this week anyway. Paul was tired. Fortunately, Paul drove the first leg almost entire, well, in entirety. We got to Yuba City, um, got in, had to do the one atrocious thing. I swear it's a sin. I'm going to have to repent right here. I openly repent for what I did today. We did getting coffee. Forgive me, Lord. I actually drove into a Starbucks. Yeah, I know you heard it. You can start, like, throw some holy water my way. And so I order two breves, breve lattes with six shots. And that's kind of my normal, which, I'm, by the way, there's going to be a severe reduction in my coffee consumption because I'm, like, off-chain lately. And i got to get back to being normal. And coffee in excess is not good for you, just so I say it. And I have so much work we're doing. We're getting this documentary ready to release on the 11th of January. Um, there's a lot of things going on, including the cattle that are still waiting to drop new calves. And no, they haven't dropped any new calves. So I don't know. I'm going to go over there and have a conversation with them tomorrow, including, including encourage those mamas to start dropping their babies. But anyway. So we 
we did the, the meeting down there, and we met on the way down just before we got there, and we did that devilish thing and stopped in a Starbucks, six shots, two Breve lattes, grande size, six shots each, $21. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, $21 for two coffees. It was like right then, I'm like, okay, that's enough of that garbage. Turn around, we head back up. Paul had, was bringing a trailer up from Arizona last a couple of weeks ago and um, before Thanksgiving. They got stuck. He had managed to pick up some diesel and it ended up being dirty diesel that affected its injectors on his truck that he had just finished rebuilding. So that's going to be another process. And we were able to get the trailer and bring it up here kind of settle in now and kind of get things rolling. So we're trying to get the Cantrell family settled in here as much as we can into the house. So they have a comfortable place as Christine gets ready to have her baby in the spring. And the kids have a chance to settle in, do some homeschooling, learn about the ranch, learn about animals, learn about animal husbandry. And as I told them the other day, they're all going to be able to bake bread and work together to make all the meals by the time we get to the beginning of May, when Christine is due in May. This isn't really a, a process. All of this is about a refining and a rebuilding. And it is at the center of everything that I've been walking through. There is life. There were two calves born before I went to Tucson for the reversal. And it is all about unburdening from the past to give ourselves a clean path forward. To quote Paul Cantrell, once we clear out the, pipe, the rocks in the pipe, God can flow more freely. And that's really what we're trying to do. So for each of us, Take some time to reflect very deeply on those things that you need to undo and redo. And in my case, they were physical, they're physical issues. One is to mechanically remove a tattoo. Another is to have done a surgery that reconnected the vasdevrins that I had cut to prevent me from ever having kids. It's not, the motivation should not, and it should never be the other person in your life. The motivation for all of this laying down and restoring should be God, your heart of God, the one you seek every day. That's what you should be doing. But if your motivation is like a girlfriend is telling you like, okay, if we're ever going to get married, we're going to have kids. If you can't embrace the holiness of what that, of the restoration of a vasectomy, for example, you're fooling yourself that it's going to have major effects. I'm not saying it won't have some, but the whole principle here is we are walking in a yes in the spirit. And that's what's leading us to these greater places of profound understanding because that's what needs to happen. To learn and be learned and taught by Holy Spirit rather than dependent on the books and digital things that they're trying to surround us with. So in the process of resetting ourselves, we're pre-positioning ourselves more closely to Christ. And there's an urgency upon this that I can only speak that I don't know. You know, what does urgency look like in heaven? I don't know. Is it tomorrow? Maybe. Is urgency the fact it's going to be six months rather than six years? Maybe. But all of this is being put on our hearts now, and it is time to listen closely to what God is asking. And so we have to be doing that. Seek out those things which he wants you to do, which he wants you to repent on, wants you to restore with the free finding fires of heaven. Seek those things out. Ask, have him provide. Tell, guide. So important. Because what it does is it leads us to these places again of the greater obedience and a greater love in Him. And that love is profound when we touch it. It's incredible. It'll change the world. And that's literally what we're doing. 
wiping out the enemy one person at a time, one event at a time, taking away their strongholds and getting us to a place where we can truly stand before that enemy and crush it in a single blow. And that happens with a purified heart and a, and a body that has gone through the refinement of the fires that God has put before us. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you today for a safe trip down to California and back. Very blessed and a very blessed time that I shared with my brother Paul. Just thank you for him. Thank you for his family, with Christine and the children. And all they continue to provide in the richness of love that they bring into this world and they bring into others outside. Father, we just ask that for each person that's listening tonight, that their hearts can be unburdened with an understanding of something that they will change, something that they will get rid of, something that they will cut free, something that they will redo correctly to restart and to renew. So, Father, bless those hearts, raise those hearts up, lift them mighty in the kingdom. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I really think it's um, the, the idea of this moment of restoration is, I don't think it's, it's anything that can be quite so important as that. Because it's strengthening the ranks, but most importantly, and I want to close with this, is strengthening men. Man, if you've done a vasectomy, if you look around your life, you're going to be able to benchmark a few things and some of it's going to be disaster on, on certain fronts. It's going to tie in directly or indirectly in the presence of all that we're trying to do here in restoring life and restoring what we're about. So as men, when you are restoring that vitality and that seed, you're also restoring something deeper in yourself. And you're breaking off the curses that you've placed before your families because if you have had a vasectomy, you're speaking death over your family because you're saying that I don't want any more children than I, like I have ever again. Not in a loving way, but in a very coarse and ugly way. So it's important that for men, we're speaking life into things. It's we're, we're redoing those, undoing and redoing those things, or just to say undoing those, those mistakes that are made. And putting ourselves more fully before the God and before the throne and saying, God, here I am, fully refining the fires of righteousness, now send me. And that we have to do. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bad evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bend and Knee. We'll do a Bend and Knee on Saturday. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe to the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my